return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, hot mic. It's a hot mic. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit today about building ourselves up and how important it is, you know, in our in our walk with the Lord to build ourselves up. Amen. Um, because you're not always going to have somebody there to help build you up. Amen. Jude 20, 21, 20 and 21 say, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Amen. So, it's important that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Amen. These are things that we need to do to stay built up against the adversary and against adversity. Amen. Because we do have an adversary who is the devil, who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't mean he's going to devour. Amen. But he's going to seek the people that are unaware, people that are, are not ready for his attacks. Amen? So it's important to continue to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. And our most holy faith is through Jesus Christ. Amen? Our, our most holy faith, you know, holy, our pure faith in Jesus Christ in the hope of his coming. Amen? So he is our rock that we build upon. Amen? He's, everything that in our lives should be built upon the rock, amen? And there's a lot of different references to Jesus as the rock in our life. Luke 20, 17 says, Then he looked at them and said, What then is this that it is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The one that the builders rejected became the most important stone, amen? And who's that talking about? It's talking about Jesus, amen? In the natural, the cornerstone or the foundation stone is the first stone set in a construction of masonry uh, foundation. So it's the first stone. Amen. The importance of the cornerstone is that all their stones are set in reference to this first stone. And the cornerstone determines the position of the entire structure. And how true is that in our spiritual lives? Amen. When it comes to the Word of God, amen, He's the first stone, He is the cornerstone, He is the most important stone in our life. And he sets, he directs where we're going to live our lives. Amen. He sets the position of our entire body. He sets the position of our entire spirit life. Amen. 
So it's important that we know where we're building our life. You know, we build it on the chief cornerstone, on the most important stone, so that when we are built up, as we build ourselves up, we have a strong foundation to build ourselves up on. Amen. Because a lot of people are building their foundation on a sand. Amen. Or building their foundation on a different, on a pebble. Amen. But no, we have the, the chief cornerstone on which to build our lives up. Amen. And it says so in the word. Amen. And so Simon Peter had a revelation of this in Matthew 16, verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus said, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades should not prevail against it. Amen. And so Jesus is saying that he himself is the rock on which his church will be built. Amen. He's talking to Peter about himself. On this revelation of who I am, that I am the Christ, that I am the Son of God. Amen. Um, the, The church will be built. Amen. And Jesus Christ is, in fact, the foundation of the Christian church. Amen. Not Peter. Peter is not the foundation of the Christian church. Amen. But Jesus is the foundation of the Christian church. And he's the foundation for our lives. It's, he's the, the one we look to. He's the one we look to for guidance and to, um, to uh, when we need to cry out to somebody, when we need to cry to somebody. He is, should be the one. He should be the chief cornerstone. Amen. He should be the, the great physician that we go to first. Amen. In Matthew seven twenty four, says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Amen. So again, we're talking about the things that Jesus had said about himself. Amen. Again, referencing the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Amen. When the storms of life come against us, if we're founded on the rock, no matter how many storms, no matter how much rain, no matter how what the hurricane conditions are, that house is going to stay there. It's not going to fall, amen? But it's important that we're built on the rock. And so when, it, when the Bible talks about in Jude that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, it means we build ourselves up on the foundation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, amen? So all these scriptures point to the need to build a good foundation on Jesus. And it's a process. Amen? It says... Building ourselves up, you know, when you're building, it's a, it's a continual thing. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes daily study in the Word, daily prayer. It takes um, continuing to lift yourself up, amen, continuing to, to lift yourself up in the Lord, amen, and resting in the Lord. So we build ourselves up continually. So as we build ourselves up, we are doing it on the Word of God, amen. And if we just focus on that, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do in the last week is not be on my phone as much, you know, and, and you know, doing different things, being on Facebook, different things like that. And I've found that when I, when I make a choice to not do it, that, okay, I'm thinking, what, what am I going to do? What, what can I do? Amen. Well, I can go read the Word. I can go in prayer. I can go read a, a Christian book or something. Well, what is that doing? It's building myself. I'm building myself up. Amen. When we build ourselves up on, on, uh, on Christ-like things, amen, we're going to be doing well. Amen. We don't want to build on a stream, but on the river. Pastor Dave talks about this a lot. 
where we have a river, I mean flowing, and the river is Jesus Christ, the foundation of the word. Amen. We want a balanced diet of the word. We don't want to build on a stream. We have a bunch of streams that go into the river, and the streams are good. Amen. The streams of the word are good. Amen. But too much of anything in the natural, while depriving yourselves of other nutrients, is a bad thing. Amen. You can have, you can have too much sugar. You can have too many carbohydrates. And you can even have too much water. You can get waterlogged in your, in, in, in your system. Amen. You can, you can overdose on water. There's been stories about people actually overdosing on water. What I'm saying is, in the natural, too much of anything is not good. Amen. It's the same thing spiritually. We shouldn't just focus on faith, or we shouldn't just focus on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or we shouldn't just focus on prophecy. Because if we do, we focus on one stream, the rest of the river dries up. You know, and, and that's when we, when we pray in our prayer life and reading the Word, that's why we read multiple things. That's what we get at this church. We get multiple um, speakers speaking. Amen. Because there are different uh, streams, different interpretations of a revelation of the Word. I mean, the Word, any scripture has so many levels. Amen. Of, of somebody might give a, a revelation on this level. And then somebody else might read it and get another revelation on another level. Amen? So it's important that we focus on the river of, of, of life. Amen? One stream doesn't make a river. Multiple streams make a river. So we focus on one stream. or just being built up on one stream. You know, that's how people get off on strange doctrines. You see, you know, powerful people. Maybe people that have a lot of money. Televangelists. Different things. You know, and those are the ones we hear about because they're well known. But... You know, you see they build their, self, they build their foundation on a stream, amen, and they get off, and they only look at the context within that stream, amen. We want to look at the context of the word. That's why it's good to cross-reference. That's why it's good to take notes. And if there's something that doesn't sit with your spirit, amen, go and reading the word, reading the Bible. You know, don't take my word for it. Don't take Pastor Dave's word for it, but get into the word. Discern the word, amen. He's called us to be discerning. Amen, and the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Amen, but we don't want to take the Bible out of context and get caught building ourselves on one part of the Word. Amen, when the whole, it says that the, the Bible is, is good for all doctrine. Amen, for, for proof, for correction. Amen, so it's not just one part of the Word, but the whole Word. Amen. Another danger, amen, like I said, taking the Bible out of context so it's important to know who we are building ourselves up on, our most holy faith in Jesus Christ. And notice that we can build ourselves up on our own with the Lord. Amen. We don't need somebody else to build us up, right? People won't always build us up. The world is not going to build us up. Amen. It's going to try to tear us down. Amen. We have to build ourselves up a lot of the time. Depression comes when we don't build ourselves up. Amen. We get down when we don't, when we don't, aren't, aren't continually in the Lord, in the Word, building ourselves up. Amen. When we choose to entertain, entertain thoughts the devil puts in our mind. Hallelujah. And he will. He, he wants to put thoughts in our mind that don't line up with the Word of God. Amen. But when we build ourselves up, then we're choosing, we're saying, we're not going to entertain that thought. He might come against me with, with uh, something about being down or depression. Well, then I can go to the Word and I can say, well, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right? So we can use the Word 
I mean, we can use the Bible to, to, to get us through times, to build ourselves up. Amen? Elijah is a great example of this. this after, just after the Lord uh, consumed the sacrifices in the presence of the priests of Baal, and then executed all of them, 1 Kings 19.2 says, that Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So he just had... This amazing experience with God, where the Lord came down in a miraculous way. And even after that, before this, you know, it says that Ahab, Ahab rode his chariots to um, Jezreel, and that Elijah was so full of the word of God that he actually ran faster than the chariots to Jezreel. So he was having, I mean, Elijah was, he was on fire. Amen? But it says, and when he saw that Jezebel said this, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So he goes from this spiritual high, amen, where he just saw miraculous things happen. He was spiritually on top of the world. And one negative thought, one bad report, amen, Everything just came crumbling down for Elijah to the point where he didn't want to live anymore. He was depressed. He, wanted, he, didn't, he didn't think he could face what, whatever what there was out there. In verse 5 it says, Then he lay and slept under the broom tree, and suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. My footnotes has angel with a capital A. So who knows what angel with a capital A means in the Old Testament? Amen. Jesus. So Jesus touched him, amen, and said to him, Arise and eat. He was giving him food to eat. He was, he was building, he was sustaining him, amen. Being built up on his most holy faith. Verse 6, Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked in coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights. So the Lord fed him twice, amen. The second time, he actually went and strengthened that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Amen. So we might think that we can't be sustained, but only one visitation from the Lord, amen, can sustain us. Just imagine if we're visited by the Lord every single day. You know, and, and how we get visited by the Lord is to be in the Word, amen, because His Word is His will. The presence of God, it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the Word is Jesus Christ, amen. So everything that we take from the Word that's edifying to ourselves is a visitation from Jesus. We can, we can visit with Jesus in the Word. Amen? With that, without that encounter, Elijah probably would have died in the wilderness. He was that down. He didn't want to live anymore. Amen? But if Jesus wouldn't have came, if the angel of the Lord wouldn't have come to Elijah, he probably would have died in the wilderness. Satan will put thoughts in our head that you're not going to make it. He's going to put thoughts in our head to just give up, you know, in, in some circumstance that we have. You know, he doesn't want us to succeed. I mean, he doesn't want us to survive. It says that Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so he doesn't want good things for our life. But Jesus came that we might have life. And in this case, Elijah, he wanted Elijah to have life, amen, to have it more abundantly. Amen. Allow the Holy Spirit to sustain you. Allow the Holy Spirit to flood your life, amen, to sustain you and, 
in anything that you're going through. Jesus constantly had to build himself up. Jesus was constantly building himself up. Multiple times he withdrew from the crowd and he went and he prayed by himself. You know, when things got, you know, when, when they were going to stone him, it said he always, he was able to pass through and slip away from the Pharisees. What did he do? He always, a lot of times he went and he prayed by himself in the mountains or in the wilderness, right? Why? Because he knew that the only, the only way that he could say, be sustained and built up was his relationship vertically with, with, with the Lord and not horizontally with other people. Amen. So he, he knew that, you know, it's always, to be, it's always good to be in a position where we give out and we, and we kind of drain ourselves needing to be built back up by the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we're not, if we're not draining ourselves for people, amen, and, and, and when I say that I mean we're built up and then the word goes out of us and we, we, that anointing the Holy Spirit put on us goes out, amen, there's always a building up process that needs to happen. Paul says, he said, I die daily. Amen. So every day, he, he, he had to build himself back up. Every day, he was faced with choices to either not read the word, not, not, not pray, not focus on the Lord, or to build himself up by doing that. Amen? We want to be at a point where we have to continually fill ourselves back up. In John 17, Jesus prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for all, all believers. Interestingly enough, Jesus prayed for himself first. Amen. He knew that he needed to get built up. He needed he need, needed to lift himself up before he worried and prayed about the disciples or for other believers. Amen. They say that when a plane is losing altitude fast, that passengers should put the breathing apparatus on themselves first. Amen. Because you can't help others if you're passed out. So it's important to take care of ourselves, amen. Spiritually, we can't help ourselves if we can't help others if we're uh, ourselves are down or if we're depressed or if we don't how to know how, yeah or if we don't know how to search the scriptures, amen. Matthew fifteen fourteen says, "Let them alone; they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch." So we can't give out what we don't have, I and mean, if we're blind ourselves to what the Lord's trying to tell us. And if we're, if we're not built up on our most holy faith, well, we can't give that out to others. But the Bible tells us to do that. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Amen? So it's saying we can't comfort somebody if we don't have comfort first, Right? It's hard to comfort somebody if you don't have any peace in your heart, peace in your mind, right? So it's saying that we are encouraged when we spend time by ourselves with the Lord because he encourages us, he comforts us. Amen. I love this verse because it said he's the God of all comfort. Amen. So it's a supernatural comfort. In this verse, let's see, the word comfort is mentioned one, two, three, four, Five, in, in two verses, the word comfort is mentioned five times in the New King James. And so it's important that we be comforted because we're, we're called to make disciples of every nation. Amen. Of all the people. We're called to go out and witness, to, to have a ministry. Amen. Because we each have a ministry. Amen. In the body of Christ. There's, we each have a calling of what he wants us to do. Amen. And so when we go out, part of our job is to encourage others, to comfort others. 
I mean, there might be a situation that you've gone through, maybe a divorce or death, death of a loved one, that, you know, God didn't cause that to happen, but when we see somebody who's maybe going through the exact same thing we did, what? Now, now we have the tools to say, I've been there. You know, you can relate. I've been there. I've been where you're at. Amen? And we can encourage. We can lift them up and say, this is how I handled it. You know, this is, these are the scriptures that the Lord gave me when I was going through this. Amen? So it's important that we're always thinking of, how can I be a blessing to somebody? How can I encourage somebody? But we have to be encouraged ourselves first. Amen? We also receive revelation when we spend time with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God prepares for those who love him. Verse 10, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Things are revealed to us most of the time when we're by ourselves in prayer, or when we're praying in the Spirit, or when we're in the Word. Amen? Because there's less distraction. You know, if, I'm, if we're in a worship service, you know, we, we get revelation from the Lord. I get a revelation a lot from the Lord in the worship service. But if we're just talking, I mean, it's harder for, for somebody to get revelation because we're distracted by too many other things. Amen? So it's hard for me to, to study when my kids are up and running around because I get distracted. I can't, I can't focus on how I want to focus on the Word. Amen? Now, there are times that we do need somebody to be there for us. If we're in a gym or we're lifting heavy weights, we need a spotter, right? If we're doing a bench press and we're lifting something that maybe we haven't lifted before, well, you need a spotter. You need somebody to, to take the weight off of you if it gets too heavy, to put it back on the rack, amen? So we do need people in our lives, amen? But if we're lifting light weights, we don't need a spotter, Amen? And that's just the daily grind of life. <laughs> the daily grind of life is when we, build, we can build ourselves up. Amen? It's true that iron sharpens iron, so does a friend sharpen the countenance of another friend. We can also sharpen ourselves through the Word and through the Holy Spirit. In fact, Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? So the best place to get sharpened is in the Word of God. You know, it sharpens us continually, and it never gets dull. Amen? It never gets dull. You know, a knife, if you use it in your kitchen, is going to get dull, right? But the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, will never get dull on you. We can continually, every day, sharpen ourselves in the Word. And we will stay sharp. Amen? It also says in Jude 20 to continually pray in the Holy Spirit. We have the ability, through the Holy Spirit, to build ourselves up. There are an innumerable amount, uh, amount of reasons to pray in the Holy Spirit. There just are. And, and maybe some of you don't know how to pray in the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning either. But, but for those who do, praying in the Spirit, building yourself up in the Spirit is so important. And you read about ministers that their, their ministries took off or, or they felt they had more revelation from the Lord when they started praying in the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's a fact of the Bible. The Bible says, Paul says, I wish that you, you know, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Amen. He was, he, was, he was grateful for the ability to speak in tongues. Amen? So it's an important thing to speak in tongues. And we have the ability to speak in tongues to build ourselves up. Amen? We speak in other tongues to talk to God. That's one thing that we do. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. 
For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Amen. We don't speak when I'm when I'm praying in the spirit. I'm not praying to another person. I'm praying to God. I'm, 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 it's my communication to God. I might not know what I'm praying, but he knows what I'm praying. Speaking in tongues is our spirit man praying. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Amen. So we might not know what to pray for, but with the Holy Spirit praying for us, amen, we're always praying the perfect will of God. It helps us discern what to pray for and praise on our behalf. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So it helps us in our weaknesses. In the areas that we're weakest in, amen. And there might be an area where you feel like you're really weak. Just start praying in the Spirit Lord, and asking the Lord, give me scriptures on this area. Amen. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit will discern, amen, as you read and as you pray, he'll discern what scriptures you need for that time. We talked about, uh, I don't know, a month ago or so, about um, having strategies against what the, you know, the devil has against us. He's going to attack us, but he might not attack us in the same way every time. Amen. So it's good to have a strategy. Well, what the Holy Spirit does, he gives us a strategy, amen, to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. So we do that by praying in the Spirit, by getting revelation from the Spirit. And then we, we also edify ourselves. 1 Corinthians 14, 3-4 says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So it is scriptural to edify yourself by speaking in tongues. And it's scriptural to edify yourself. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theology about, out there that, that the Lord, you know, that you should, you know, you can't be wealthy, or you can't be prosperous, or you can't do this or that. Amen? Or that you should, you should spend all your energy on other people. Well, the Bible tells us that we need to build ourselves up. We need to edify ourselves first. Amen? We need to take care of the things going on in our life so we can help others in those things. Amen? It strengthens us. It lifts our spirit man. In fact, there's a doctor, Dr. Carl Peterson, who conducted a study on praying in the Holy Spirit. I know Deb's smiling over here, and and people have talked about this, the church here. Um, But when we speak in tongues, our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemicals into our immune system, which promotes healing in our bodies. So there's two chemicals that aren't otherwise, you know, distributed into our immune system that actually promotes healing. Amen? The study also showed that it reduces stress and is significantly associated with positive mood and calmness. In fact, there was another study that took a thousand clergy members of a British evangelical group. The 80% who spoke in tongues had greater emotional stability and less neuroticism. So speaking in tongues, what is, it, what is it saying right here? Well, it's saying that it builds us up. It builds up our immune system. Amen. It builds up our emotional stability. Amen. It builds up. It promotes healing. It reduces stress. It builds up our mood, our calmness. Amen. Neuroticism, we're not all over the place. Amen. We're steady. The Holy Spirit builds us up. Amen. I love when, when, when the Bible and science agrees you know, isn't that fun? From the Bible, you know, something that we've been told years and years and years ago, 
And then we just, we're just catching up. Amen. The science world just catching up to what the Bible's already said. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2.14, it says that, you know, we also build ourselves up by staying in the love of God. Jude 21 says that. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. When someone says, I said my peace, have you heard that? I've said my peace. Usually it's in the context of an argument, and they've said what they needed to say. Right? They've said, usually it's controversial and nobody agrees with them. I've said my peace. Amen. But if, if he himself is our peace, and we speak our peace, we, we speak love. Amen. When we're speaking peace, you know, of a situation, we're speaking love into the situation. It's not an argumentative spirit. Amen. It's not a spirit of fear or timidity. Amen. But it's a spirit of love. Jude 16 through 19, um, just before when he says we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, it says, these are grumblers, complainers, Walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are essential persons who cause division, not having the Spirit. Like Jezebel, some people are going to try to pull you down. Some people are going to try to make you feel like you're not enough or unworthy. Some people are going to cheat you out of a promotion or perceive themselves as better than we are. As Christians, we're told to be humble. We're told to be gracious. Amen. We're told to be peaceable. In fact, Matthew 5, 38 says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn them to the other, turn the other to him also. And this isn't talking about physical violence. Obviously, if somebody's physically assaulting you, you don't want to... Let him continue to do that. What this is talking about is retaliation when somebody personally insults you. If somebody personally insults you, um, the Bible tells us not to retaliate. Retaliate. I mean, walk away from the, from, the, from the situation. As Christians, we say strive to be the bigger person. Amen? We strive to be the bigger person. Insults in our life are like a wave crashing into a dock. You know, the more the wave crashes into the dock and there's no maintenance or repairs done on it, the dock is going to fall. It's just a matter of time. The wood's going to chip away. It's going to dissolve, and the dock's going to fall. Amen? It's not going to last long. We're told we can build ourselves up in the face of adversity. And we're like the dock. So as, if insults, if people are, you know, if we continue to get insulted in the world, that's all they do is throw insults at us. Amen? But if we continue to take the insults but not fill it up, not build ourselves up, not make maintenances and repairs on our life, amen, and in our faith, then we're going to fall. So it is important that we lift ourselves up, we rise above the circumstances, we rise above the criticisms, we rise above the insults, amen, and we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Joseph, look at Joseph, he was betrayed by his brothers. He was given a false accusation by Potiphar's wife, amen, he was forgotten by the butler, but he continued to walk in love. He didn't get bitter about it. I mean, he continued to grow where God has planted him. And every single time that he was wronged, amen, he just grew. The Lord just blessed him. He grew in favor. He grew in strength. You know, he just kept his eyes focused on the Lord. And what did he probably do? Well, he had to build himself up. I mean, you think of the things that he went through, being sold into slavery. 
Amen. That is a, you know, we can't even, you know, at this, you know, now can't even imagine that. I mean, being sold into slavery, you know. Um, he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, you know. And again, you know, there's some of us that have been falsely accused in here probably. It's tough, isn't it? You know, it's tough. It's, you feel like you can't get ahead, but what do we do? Build ourselves up. We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Amen? He was forgotten by the butler. Amen? The butler said, I'm going to, I'll be back. When I go and I have favor with the, with the king, with the pharaoh, I will, uh, I'll come back and get you. I'll tell him about you. Well, what happened? You know, a year went by, butler never came back. Two years went by, he never came back. Amen. Probably felt like he was forgotten. He was lost. He was going to be there forever. What did, what did Joseph do? He continued to build himself up again. He built himself back up. Amen. Acts 16, Paul and Silas stayed built up in the prison. They had the love of Jesus flowing through them. We see this when they didn't try to escape and actually led the jailer and his family to the Lord. Amen. What did they do? They, they were put in prison wrongly. A lot of the, you know, all the Christians that went to jail, you know, here, uh, were put in prison wrongly, amen, blasphemed against, you know, lied about, and different things. What did they do? They had to continue to build themselves up. They started singing praises to the Lord in any situation. It was a bad situation, but they started singing praises to the Lord, amen. They didn't let themselves get down. They knew the Lord was with them, Amen. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And what Paul is telling Timothy here is, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, or for any other thing for that matter. Amen. Some of us maybe aren't as young now. Amen. But don't let anybody look down on you, us. I'll, I'll throw myself in there. 31, you know, 32 now and everything. But we don't want people to look down on us because of whatever, whatever ailment we have, whatever society says is a bad thing that we have, amen? Don't let anybody exalt themselves above you because you are younger because of any case. You don't have to fight or argue with them, amen? But we be an example. We show love to them. <clears throat> it says that we, we be an example in word, in the things that we say. Amen. When we speak good things, amen, we're being a good example to people. In conduct, how we act. How do we, where are our feet going? How do we act in our jobs? How do we act when we're at the store? Amen. Do people know we're a Christian? In love. Loving unconditionally. Loving our neighbors. Loving our enemies. Praying for those who persecute us. Amen. In spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Discerning situations. You know, the more we read the word, the more we can discern situations. The more we can discern decisions. Amen. And, and choices between a good decision and a bad decision, or, or a, a moral and an immoral decision, are, are should be pretty easy. But what if you have two pretty good decisions that you need to choose? Amen. And knowing where God wants you, where He, what plan He has for your life. Well, that's when you need the word, and you need to. Pray in the Spirit, discern. Amen. There might be two good decisions, but there's only one God decision. Amen. So we need to discern which decision is the God decision. 
in faith, faith in any circumstances. It says we've each been given a measure of faith. Amen. It's not about, about the fact that we don't have faith. No, we've each been given a measure of faith. Even if we have a faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Amen. So, you know, we want to make sure that the little faith that we have, we can put into action. And some people have faith in one area and not in another area. That's fine. It's just that in that one area that we don't, we continue to grow in it. Amen. It's, it's a process again. We continue to uh, we continue to grow in the Word. We continue to to look at that stream. Maybe that stream is drying up a little bit. Amen. We need to put some water in it. And that's a good thing. We can focus on things that we're struggling with. We want our weaknesses to become our strengths, and our strengths to be even stronger. Amen. And then in purity and holiness, you know, presenting ourselves to God. Amen. He's looking, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish. Amen. So he's coming back for a holy church. Amen. He wants us to live right. He wants us to live morally. He wants us to be a light. You know, we are the salt of the earth. And if the salt goes away, then it loses its flavor. Amen. Then, you know, if, if we aren't being salt, amen, then the earth loses its flavor. Amen. We're, we We can't be a witness and lose our soul at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Amen? And then lastly, we should continually look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, Jude 21. We understand that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? That is a fact. There are dozens of scriptures that state this fact. Just a couple here. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17 For the Lord himself would ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then who are alive and well, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus so we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. So if we know Jesus on a personal level, amen. If we believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins, amen. When Christ comes back, we're going to spend an eternity in heaven with him. Amen. And that's not a it's not a suggestion. There's there's literally hundreds of you know hundreds of scriptures that point to Jesus coming back and Jesus is returning, um, not just in the New Testament but also types and shadows in the Old Testament that speak to Jesus coming back. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we're ready. It says you know that we're we're looking continually for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Titus two thirteen the Amplified. It says, awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. So, hoping for the Lord is a confident expectation. Amen. It's, it's, we, we're confidently expecting, we're gazing our eyes to the, to the sky saying, Lord, we know that you're coming back. It might be after we die. Either We're either going to die or the Lord's going to come back. Amen. There's... One of those two things are certain. Amen. Where are we going to be when Jesus comes back? Amen. Do we know where we're going? Have we made that decision to follow Jesus wholly? Amen. Again, it's the confident expectation that the Lord will fulfill his promise of our life. And I just love this Jude, the Jude 20. If you could put it back up on the, on the screen here, Jude 20 and 21. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, 
that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto the eternal life. I mean, and if you want to stay built up in, in society, I mean, you know, the United States right now, there's, there's different things going on um, politically and different things that, you know, sometimes it doesn't look good. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. There's other people in the world, there's other countries in the world that have it really bad. I mean, there's, there's, they're being killed, killed by the hundreds. They are being persecuted big time for their faith. Amen. Well, what do we do? We continue to build ourselves up. That's the only way that we can withstand the enemy, is continue to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Amen. And then we pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We keep ourselves in the love of God. If there's nobody, if there's anybody here that hasn't got the gift of speaking in tongues or hasn't had the infilling of the Holy Spirit in that way, um, I would like to invite you to find myself after service. Um, Deb Colesbeck is another, uh, somebody that, that really loves the Lord, that has the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't, or if, or if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Find somebody after service, amen, and, and ask them how, you know, it happens. And we're, we're going to go through it here before we, we close, but then after we do, I want you to tell somebody about it, you know, because it says, we believe in our heart, but confession is made unto salvation, so it's important that we confess, amen, that we say what's happened in our life, amen. So if that's you today, um, you don't have to lift your hands or anything, but we're going to say a prayer for that. And then also for the Holy Spirit to, to fill you up in the evidence of speaking in tongues. So why don't you bow your heads with me and say, Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for taking my sins. I know I've messed up. I know I'm not perfect. But I know you are. Come into my heart right now. I thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you prayed that for the first time today, um, or maybe you rededicated your life, you are now part of the eternal family of Jesus Christ. Amen? It says, we, we talked about it, how Jesus is coming back. Amen? And if we believe in Jesus, amen, he can, he will, we will be with him eternally. Amen. And again, like I said, if anybody doesn't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, um, come to myself, to Deb, um, I'm not sure who else uh, here, but it'll, it's a good thing, amen? It only takes a mustard seed of faith, exactly, exactly. And it's easy, you know, once, you're, once you can, you know, have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's easy to speak in tongues. It's easy to praise the Lord with our, with our tongues. Because it's not something that requires much effort. It just, we just open our mouth. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word going forth, Father, that your word does not return void. We pray that there, people had revelations today of your word. Uh, things that they haven't thought of before, Father. We pray that you get all the glory and the honor and the praise for revelations that are in your word, Lord. Pray for a great day today for everybody that's here today, everybody listening online. We thank you for a great and powerful service tonight as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.